and welcome back to another episode of the Worst Sister Shire podcast. We're the Worst Sisters, and as your host today, the worst sister of all is Suna. Um, I'll hand over to my sisters to introduce themselves. I'm Sadie. And I'm Arzul. And we started this podcast so we could talk about our favourite shows and uh, movies. And this week we'll be covering Pretty Little Lies once again. We have been alternating between Pretty Little Lies and Desperate Housewives. Um, so listen out for both of those. We have a motto here and our motto is, if attempted murder is a crime, then attempted comedy is a podcast. Should we get into it, guys? Let's kick yeah. right into it. Let's kick right into it. Um, who's doing episode seven? Sadie, I believe. I am. So season four, episode seven is called um, Crash and Burn Girl. And in this episode, we see that Hannah's still dealing with her mom being arrested for Wilden's murder. Um, Emily's house gets crashed into and she deals with the with her actions towards Pam. Um, Aria is running around after Mike, even though she doesn't need to. And Spencer is trying to Spencer um, while she's working with Caleb and Toby to figure out who A is. Yeah, thank you. Um, Adam, did you want to do episode 8? Yep. So episode 8 is called The Guilty Girl's Handbook. And... Just to recap, this episode was a dumpster fire. <laughs> so much crap goes on in here. So Emily's still dealing with um, the fact that a car came literally crashing into her house and now she's going to run away to Nicaragua. Um, Hannah's mum is still in prison and she's decided that she's going to confess to that murder on her behalf. And Spencer's out going through all these confidential um, case files from her mum because she's going to solve to- Toby's mum's death. And Arya's going on like a weird date with Jake again because she hasn't put that man through enough. So it's just a dumpster fire of an episode. I hated it. So full confession, I am the worst sister this week because I did not watch the episodes, but I have seen them before. I just haven't watched them for this recap. Exactly. Um, So I will take it from you, the lead from you guys on who we should start with this week. I'm going to guess Emily. Oh, no, wait. No, she has what happened. Yeah, um, I'm going to say Aria because her stuff is the most, how do you say, disconnected, yeah. Disconnected from the rest of it. Her stuff is literally about her and Mike and it has no business being about her when it should be about Mike. Okay, sounds like you've got a lot of opinions on it. Do you want to start us off? I do. Okay. Aria and Mike are at the school and they're talking about Connor. Um, They see his car. It hasn't been fixed and it looks like the poor kid doesn't have enough money to fix it all at once. So as they're walking and talking, um, Arya sort of asks Mike, did you do it? Because the only shred of evidence that she's got to go on at this point is the fact that he wasn't at the open mic night. No, she yeah. says for a fact, um, I'm not accusing, I'm just inquiring. Yeah, Well, she's accusing, right? And Mike gets upset with it. But he says there's no way he could have done it because, um, what was it, lacrostics are small and he... And there's no way he could have acquired a sledgehammer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I have my theories on who done it, and I don't think it was Mike. Who's your theory? I think it's Ezra. I think I said this in a couple of episodes ago. Mm, okay. Why do you think it's Ezra? Because it, there was a shot of him staring out the window longingly while Arya was in the bar, and he was and outside the bar. And so he grabbed a sledgehammer and a school hoodie and off he went. Maybe it was a crime of passion and he had all these items in the car. I also drive around with a school uniform and a baseball bat just in case. Yeah. He's a teacher at a school. How do we not know he's not like some sort of coach in an after school club or like... Because he's not. We've seen that he's not. He's barely an English teacher at the best of times. This is Rosewood. Anything can happen. <laughs> And the next time we see Arya, she's being stopped in the hallway by the principal. And this is where the principal loses all ethical and all morals, right, from from his job. And he stops mm-hmm. her in the hallway and says to her, and I quote, The police deputy's uh, office has rung me to tell me that Mike is going to take the blame for the um, the, the car trashing. Because the other kid said he did it. Okay. First of all, why are you telling this kid that? Like, she is also a student at your school. She is the brother. She's got no parents there. Like, why are you giving this information to an underaged girl 
about her brother. And then he continues to say to her, oh, has he taken his medications? Is he still on his medications? Like, this, isn't this a conversation she'd be having with her parents? Yes. Like, why are you... at the school? Like, literally, her mum works there. Isn't her mum in hospital from the Bastings? No, she's her mum's gone off with... She just she's gone the... to Europe. Oh, she's left already? Oh, yeah, she's left already. Yeah. They did ah. mention that later on. Oh, okay. No, yeah. I didn't realise she had left already. I was going to yeah. say, yeah, she's she wasn't in, in hospital because we saw her with the bandage on her neck yeah, one time. Yeah, no, no, no. She did yeah. leave for Europe, but... um. There's no real, like, goodbye or anything that we see. It's just mentioning that Mike would have been video calling her or something. Yeah, she's in Europe already. They alluded to that later. But I'm like, so she gets stopped in the staircase to be told that her um, brother is acting out and he might be suspended or expelled for his actions with no evidence on the say-so of another student who just had um, issues with Aria and Mike. Right? Yeah, so, it's really bizarre. I don't understand why he's talking to her about it. And why specifically yeah. he's like, oh, yeah, true. If you say it's him, it must be true. When there's literally nothing pointing to it being Mike. Yes. Mm. She, she also um, makes the world's most awkward lie and says, he was at home video chatting our mother. Yeah. I guess people just assume it's Mike because they assume he would step up for his brother. Um, yeah, step sister. up. The the principal, the principal. <laughs> he can step up also. Maybe he can dance. I couldn't think of the word. I was like, I knew it was wrong. The people are assuming he stood up for his sister. Yeah. I don't know, but the principal was like, oh, given his um his past, yeah, and you know his theft and like theft and like um intentional damage to people's property is two different things. Yeah, and also it's just like. An incredibly inappropriate conversation. I just don't understand what he was hoping to achieve because he was even like, oh, I was just coming to look for you. He didn't just happen to stop her in the hallway. He was intentionally setting out to have this conversation with her. And then he finds her and he's like, let's talk about your brother's like medical history in this middle of this crowded hallway on the staircase. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, the saga continues. Arya gets home and now she's being questioned by her dad who she decides to tell the truth to. She explains to him that, somewhat, she explains to him about what sort of happened with Connor and why she thinks Mike may have done the damage to the car, Um, but points to Byron because instead of questioning her further about it or making her feel bad about it, he's like, well, it sounds like the Connor kid has a lot to answer for, and he walks off in a huff. Anyway, to further the Arya saga, she's talking with Spencer, and... um, they're talking about like the mic thing and she's and she's making it all about her. Like, it's got nothing to do with you. Yeah, he made a passing comment at you. Yeah, he made up some rumors, right? But anything that happened after that, it's got nothing to do with you. So stop trying to make it about you. Except it kind of does have everything to do with her. It's not like I don't know, it's not like Mike just decided to go do this. He lied about basically making out with her, whatever else with her. And then Liar was spray painted and bashed onto his car. So I feel like it's very about her. Yeah, but she's she's making it about her, I feel. Like Mike's the one that's about to go through um Yeah, like the issue progressed now is what Sadie's saying. So like the issue is not anymore like who said what about Arya. The issue is now who bashed Connor's car, but she's acting like it's about her. And then what happens next? So Ezra goes to see her is what happens next um, because Mike is seeing Hackett and Arya sitting outside listening in basically to what she can because, like Sadie said, she's making this about her and she needs to be the first to know what's going on. She's as close mm-hmm. as she can get without sitting in Hackett's lap, basically. Yeah, in front of an open glass window. Yeah, exactly. To which Ezra pops his head in and is like, hey, I'm going to sit here in front of this window and in talk of, to you. Yeah, in front of your dad and the girl I've been accused of seeing. Um, yeah. By the principal who's also inside. Yeah, Nothing exactly. And he's like, I know um, this sucks and everything. And I know you said I can't swoop in and comfort you, but it kills me. And she's like, I know, I know. Um, and Byron comes out and it's kind of like, Aria, go home. I don't need you here. And she's just like, oh, okay. Like, I thought I was going to solve all the problems, but that's fine. And she leaves. Um, and then later on, um, after this chat with Arya that Ezra's had, he finds out that Hackett specifically asked Arya about her brother's medication. So 
Ezra takes it upon himself to reach out to Hackett and say, we need to talk like right now, basically. And what you did was inappropriate because even if you do think Mike did this, it would be really bad for you to make this assumption based on his previous history, like his medical, like his mental health. And Hackett's like, oh, don't you think that's pertinent to the fact that this could be it? And he's like, maybe if you didn't raise it with his sister kind of a thing. And it's just basically said you've been really inappropriate. And Hackett's like, you know what, you're right. Maybe it wasn't an appropriate like lapse in judgment, but I wonder if your personal relationship with the Montgomerys is making you have a um, personal uh, lapse in judgment of your own. Yeah. And it kind of fades away. So it's just like Ezra's here to save the day because he can't comfort Arya anymore. He has to save her back, her butt, or and her back. Mm. Both. Her back, her butt, all the saving. <laughs> <laughs> Everything needs saving. And um, so, go Mike on. comes home and he's like, yo, we got Sausage King. And Haria's like, that sounds like a celebration. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't Arya vegetarian? Yeah, maybe it's a vegetarian sausage. Well, that doesn't sound like much of a celebration. <laughs> no, it doesn't. As someone who's a recent vegetarian myself, I do not celebrate vegetarian sausages. Are you vegetarian? Yeah. Were you just eating fish? Yeah, I'm pescatarian, technically. So now we're going to hear about this for the rest of our lives, Arzul. She's mentioned well, it I... once. It's been weeks. <laughs> I know. I was going to say it's been weeks. This is the first time you've heard about it. Well, she, she's not doing it right. If you're a vegetarian or pescatarian, you need to be talking about 24-7. That's vegans, bro. <laughs> Over my shock. You, you don't eat no meat? <laughs> it's okay i make lamb literally um so yeah sausage king to celebrate her vegetarian sausage um yeah. and apparently fitz's little talk with hackett must have helped because next thing you know he's allowed to go yeah so the school principal is no longer doling out um police police, police informed <laughs> yeah <laughs> and all is right with the world <laughs> Because I don't understand what the problem is because the whole reason this comes up is like Hackett's like, oh, I've just gone off the phone with the police. They say that they're going to like um, press charges against Mike unless I expel him. Um, so, I'm, and so I had to call the police and tell them I'm not going to expel him because you have no fingerprints and they drop the case. <laughs> and justice was served. And justice was served. Because Ezra called him out on his ethics, okay? <laughs> this I, is I like how the police are making deals with school principals. Yeah, unless you expel him, he's going to go to prison. <laughs> and uh, that's all for Arya for this. Yeah, so in the next episode, um, Arya and Mike are again walking into school. And it looks like their yeah, they're dad best buddies is now. Yeah, so he's missing for three seasons, but now he's back. But Ella and Byron are both gone now because for some reason Byron's yeah. in Syracuse this episode. Yeah. So Byron's in Syracuse, Arya's in charge, and Mike Mike's is telling... <laughs> yeah. Go on. I was going to say Mike's now raising Arya. <laughs> no, Arya's raising Mike. Okay. Because <laughs> that's the whole thing. Mike comes up to her and is like, hey, there's a party going on tonight to celebrate lacrosse. And she's like, you haven't played the game yet. Why are you celebrating? And he's like, if we, you know, we win, it's a celebration. If not, it's just a party to get over it kind of a thing. Mm. Can I go? Um, because I know you're in charge. I just wanted to check in with you. <laughs> Literally, he didn't ask for permission when he was breaking into people's houses. I know. Well, he's on medication <laughs> he's now. he's taking meds fair. now. <laughs> he's got, he's on the anti-theft meds. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> That's some good stuff. So, um, she's a little bit hesitant, but then he explains that um, since the car thing, things haven't been right with the team and there's like a trust issue there. So she begrudgingly agrees to let him go, like like she can stop him. Anyway, so um, while they're talking, she notices that he's been going to the karate studio with the guy that she kissed. What's yeah. his name? Jake? Jake. Jake. But my issue is she only knows this because now he reps the merchandise for no reason. Yeah. You go there, he's like, yeah. I, I took a class and now he's like, I have merch. <laughs> there was a mad discount code. 
So then we see Arya going to said karate studio, knocking on the door, and it's like, my brother takes lessons here. And he's like, oh, Montgomery. Okay. Here's a good kid. From what? One 45-minute lesson? Yeah. It was an hour. How? <laughs> like, why are you... Why Why is Arya, one, checking up on on Mike with the guy that she once kissed? Like, she's got no... No, like, relationship with him. Like, literally nothing. They had one date, one kiss, and then he's like, you're not over your ex, and he walks away. Right? And then she's like, oh, don't tell him that I took one lesson with you also. We don't want to know that the entire family is quitters. It's so funny. Imagine (laughs) I want to see a lesson where the the same thing happens with Mike, where they just slow kiss by mistake. Oh, my God. That would be so good. That's actually how he knows that they were related. It wasn't the last name. I know. It was the nervous kiss. It was the nervous kiss. It's a family trait. So what happens next? She calls Mike when he doesn't come home, but when he told her he was going to be late. Right, she calls Mike. Mike's friend answers and pretends that he's unconscious or whatever. Right, so she gets in that panic, and the first thing she does is call this to come and help her find Mike. Yeah, so Karate Kid pops over and is like, "I'm ready to help you find Mike." Just then, she gets a phone call from Mike. Uh oh, Mike's fine. There's no need to worry about him. So let's have an impromptu date. Let's sit on this couch and watch TV ads. Yeah, it's so weird as well because she's like, they're. Coming together, they're like trying to figure out where he could be because she has no idea. It sounds like he was like at a bowling alley, but not with more pings and dings. And he's like, oh, I know, an arcade. And like, oh, I know an arcade, but I don't know the address. And they're just like the world, world's worst sleuths ever. And Mike calls and he's just like playing a game of pool. <laughs> and that's literally it for Aria. She becomes Ooh, a parent she- and goes on a date. <laughs> she's a single mom who works too hard exactly she's literally reba (laughs) cool who are we on to next i vote i want to say spencer not emily spencer (laughs) spencer spencer yeah i know spencer um like toby and caleb kind of sit on the spencer but i put it under hannah because it's kind of all related to getting Hannah's mum out. All right. So we'll do it that way then. You take the lead on that then. Okay. So for episode one, literally I have nothing for Spencer then. Literally nothing. <laughs> she did literally, nothing the entire episode. So, she actually didn't. She's just like a bonus character that facilitates conversation between other people in this first episode. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's got to so cool Spencer- off now after being a brat in the last few episodes. But in the next episode... <laughs> We start Spencer off with, um, like, she's having a chat to Caleb. And Caleb is kind of just like, oh, you know, how are you going? And she's like, oh, you know, I'm great, whatever. And he's like, I'm going to ask you again, how are you really going? And she decides that because everything has gone to shit, like with Hannah's mum and Arya's mum getting stung by a gazillion bees and the crash that happens at Emily's, blah, blah, blah. She's like, I think you and Toby must be getting really close to A and that's why A is escalating basically yeah Um, that's why (laughs) yeah that's why so you must be like right on a's tail um and when spencer goes home to check on hannah which we'll get to a bit later there's this guy standing there called beckett um beckett is veronica's intern and all of the discovery for hannah's mum's case got sent to the house because people are just like playing games in the um, defense attorney's office they're just like, oh, we're going to mess with you and send this to your home. <laughs> Which is convenient for Spencer because she steals a, a file, basically. First box she opens, first thing she looks at, it's a case file from Bradley that was written by, um, which was like a report that was taken by Officer Wilden, not detective yet, when he was interviewing Eddie Lamb. So first box, first file she opens, that's what she finds. Yeah, that's that's how she rolls, man. Yeah. Yeah, she strikes gold. But when I tell you, because you haven't seen these episodes, but when I tell you how many boxes there were, the fact that this happened is actually insane because there were about 30 boxes in that room and he was like, there's more outside. And Spencer's like, okay, I'm going to look through this, you know, Radley case file. And she decides she's going to go visit Radley. She's going to go say thank you to all the people who helped her while she was there. So she bakes some cookies, puts in a little tin, and she goes up to Eddie and she's like, hey, how are you going? Have a cookie. Opens up the box and it's the um, case file in there. She's like, have a cookie, Eddie. And he's just staring at her. Like, girl, yeah. you're going to get locked back up. Yeah. 
He's going to look at that, see you trying to feed him paper and be like, this girl's crazy again. She literally came here for help. But didn't um, Toby say a couple episodes ago that he literally tried to talk to Eddie and he wouldn't say anything? Yes. Yes. But now she has a piece of paper. I see. That changes everything. Well, it does a little bit because on this piece of paper, it basically says on the night that Toby's mum died, Officer Wilden came and questioned everyone who was officer on the scene and he Mm -hmm. questioned Eddie about it. And they talked to everyone who was working that night, but he says basically he went to check her room. She wasn't there at like bedtime check. The door to the roof was unlocked. And when one of the people went to go look up the roof, he looked over the ledge and saw a dead body. But in Mm. Wilden's report and the official report, sorry, it says that she jumped out of the window and Spencer's like, What's going on here? Did Wilden lie? Why did he lie? Who would he be protecting? And did someone pay him to do it? Was he crooked? This is all the things she's Mm. asking Eddie, right? So she has more information than Toby did. Yeah. And Eddie's just kind of like, how do you think he got promoted from officer to detective so fast? And answers no no questions, basically. He's just like, what I said is in that report. And he leaves Mm. it at that. My question is, if Spencer's, like, trying to solve this murder for Toby, why would she not tell Toby what's going on? Like, I know he's trying to solve Hannah's mum's murder thing, but I'm sure he would like to know about his mum and this file. No time. No time to waste. Yeah, basically. And um, later on, Veronica's, like, shuffling through her papers, doing some work for um, the case. And Spencer just straight up admits to her mum that she stole this paper. And she's like, damn it, I should have warned Beckett about you. Um, Spencer's yelling at her saying that, you know, this proves that Wilden was crooked and it speaks to his character and you can use this in Hannah's um, mum's defence, in Ashley's defence. So she, Spencer's a lawyer now and telling her mum, who's probably a partner in her law firm, how to do her job. Yeah, she wouldn't have thought of this if it wasn't for Spencer. Yeah, she wouldn't have thought of this. And Spencer's mum is just like, no, the DA is literally just trying to drown us in paperwork. This doesn't mean anything. You're reading into it. And... My plan is basically I'm going to keep after the judge until she sets bail um, for Ashley because we find out in Hannah's timeline that she was denied bail for it being like a pretty serious crime, killing a police officer and everything. And that's pretty much it. She's like, this is about Toby's mum. It shows that he's crooked. You need to help. Toby needs answers. And that's all that happens to Spencer these entire episodes. Cool. All right. Let's go with Emily then. We see Emily, she's in her room and um, her mum walks in and she's been on the phone with some sort of clinic and they're going to, she's offering um, Emily to go do something called prototherapy or something. Yeah, some shoulder injections. <laughs> well, you can tell by the phone call that she's been stressed because uh, I don't think the they're having um, any luck with like money-wise. I think they're having problems with money. So she was asking the lady on the phone, like... Um, you know, is the intake not part of the insurance, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, like, in a sly way, she sort of mentions to Emily that she don't want, doesn't want um, Emily to be as involved with Hannah as she is, given the circumstances surrounding Hannah's mum. Yeah. But Emily, of course, poo-poo's her and is like, yeah, I'll go to the appointment, but, you know, leave I'm me alone Hannah. sort of thing. Yeah. I'm seeing Hannah. Which props to her because um, it's difficult to stand up to your parents like that when it's regarding a friend and they're right <laughs> but like she did it well she didn't really stand up to her mom i get what you mean like it is hard thing to do and like yeah. she still did do what she thought was right but she didn't stand her ground she kind of literally just looked at her mom until her mom was like okay but go to your appointment <laughs> yeah um so later on emily goes down to the police station to grab her mom because they were supposed to go together but she's busy um, and she can't make it. So while she's like flooding around trying to set Emily up to go to this appointment by herself, um, a police officer comes in and hands over a key to be locked in the lockbox. Um, Snoopy Emily takes a look down and she notices that it's a key. Um, but the key is to Wilden's house um, and it should be locked in evidence. And yeah. she decides that she's going to steal this key. Yeah, so while she sends her mum off to the printer... This idiot sits in a police station full of cops, steals a key from her mum's lockbox and decides that that's a good thing to do because she's going to save Hannah. Okay, just before Um, we move on, um, I wanted to raise something. So when she's talking with her mum, she says, "Um, is Detective Tanner around? And she's like, no, why? And she's like, oh, she came by the open mic night. Did she not say anything to you? And she's like, oh, no. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm sorry. And Emily's like, oh, okay, I just want to see if she liked it or not. 
So my question is, does she? Did she not tell her mum that Detective Hannah Tanner pulled her into her office and showed her a video of her, um, like not of her, of someone wearing like an Emily mask standing in front of like a crime scene? Correct. No, she did not say that. No. Why would she not tell her mother this? She works in the police also, station. Also, why Tanner would... didn't tell her mum? Yeah, like she's a minor. Yeah, she shouldn't have done that thing. to begin with. Yeah, like, yeah. You can't why push didn't a minor. Tanner say anything. There yeah. surely has to be some conflict of interest paperwork done at least. Yeah. Nope, no go. Nothing. <laughs> Mate, like, they didn't ask the principal, that's why. Yeah, the principal would have had a deal. <laughs> also, just going back to um Emily wanting the key to Wilden's place so she can um help Hannah. Like, what were you hoping to find there? A confessional of who murdered him? Yes, literally. Like, that's not going to be in his house. It's going to be in his house. Well, eventually Emily decides she's going to cancel her appointment to go snoop through Wilden's apartment. Um, and she brings, like, Aria and Spencer along with her for it. And the apartment's a mess and everything. And she's like, okay, lights off. You know, everyone wear gloves. Um, put things back where you found them, blah, 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 blah. All the usual sneaky things. Mm. Um, and they basically say that what they're looking for is something that's going to link Shana and Jenna to Wilden. And I don't know why they've decided that Shana and Jenna are linked to Wilden, other than the fact they helped him off the ground when he was hit by a car. Yeah, I still don't understand. (laughs) I still don't understand. You're Um, never going to understand. This is them leaping again. I know. Literally. Not jumping um, anymore. They're leaping to conclusions. And it's funny that this is their decision making process. To my next conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> and this is funny that this is like their process too, because they literally just make an assumption and then try to prove that assumption. Like they never look for evidence to see what's happening. They yeah. look for evidence to prove the, th- the thing that they pole vaulted to, as Sadie just said. Yes, literally. They're like academics. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and when they're going through Wilden's house, they just they're making comment of the fact that it seems very like unpernal, I guess, like impersonable. I don't know. Just there's not much personal stuff around. There's no family photos. All he has is a porn collection, and Spencer's reading through his mail. Yeah, they're sort of alluding to the fact that he does. He may not like live there full time. Like it's. There's n- there's none of his um stuff or stuff that you would expect someone to have in a house that they live in by themselves. Um, so it's missing a lot of things. For me, it just alluded to the fact that he was like always out doing dodgy shit or like out working or something. But um, the I don't know. Thing is- I'm in half a mind to say to you guys that maybe he's got a second hideout like A does, or maybe A cleared his house of all the. Obvious stuff. Yes. See, I didn't think about it that way. I thought maybe he's got like a secret hideout somewhere that they need to find. Well, A couldn't have done too good of a job because when Spencer's going through the, his mail, she misses literally a box the size of her head. Like, actually, you know, it's massive. It's bigger than her head. It's like half her body. Mm. Um, yeah. And they're like, okay, but the police open- miss it too. Yeah. Well, they're like, we can't <laughs> open any of this mail. We can't open any of this mail. They'll know we're here. But let's open this box. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and the box that is, they say, oh, it looks like it's from a steak company and it says perishable on the side. They open it up and it's rancid meat and they're shocked. They're like, oh, this steak company, it's a steak company box. What should we do with it? Let's open it and smell the rancid meat. Anyway, the note says, um, can't wait to see you at our little barbecue kisses A. So Wilden was meant to be at the – either at a barbecue or where the um, – What's going to call it? The cabin got burnt down. Oh, mm. I didn't think of so like that. So this wasn't placed there by A for the girls, you don't think? It could have been. That's what I'm saying. It could have been either of those things. It could be A trying to frame um, Wilden or it could have been that he was involved. Because it would explain why the police didn't notice some stinky mate sitting in a corner. Yeah, exactly. I didn't I didn't, um, I didn't. didn't connect the, the BBQ thing to the fire. That's a good yeah, the point. girls are the meat. A isn't vegetarian. <laughs> We've seen them eat chicken. <laughs> they would go to Sausage King and have sausage. That's a celebration. <laughs> um, but then after they've gone through this house, um, this apartment, sorry, Emily is hiding behind a window again and spying on her mum getting yelled at for not having the key. And as the police officers are leaving, like, if she doesn't find that key, we have a problem. But, like, no one sees their do- her daughter standing next to the window watching in. 
And Pam is just really angry at, you know, Emily for rescheduling her doctor's appointment. And she's like, you know what, like F this, I'm going to take you. And Emily's like, okay, do you want me to meet you at work tomorrow? Because she still has the key. That's yeah. yeah, she's trying to, to find an in. Yeah, she's yes. trying to find an in. To return the key. But Pam says, no, Emily, I've been suspended. Um, so I just want to know what Emily thought would happen when she takes the key of a murder victim's house from evidence that yeah. her mum was responsible for filing. Yeah. What did she, she think she was get, going to she happen? She thought she could get it back right away. That's why she cancelled the doctor's appointment. If she was smart, she would have got the key copied and just returned it straight away. I know, but she's not. And then snuck in later. A sends Emily a text that says, you crashed Wildens, now I'll make it all come crashing down. Yeah, So genius. I just want to say that A's texts are getting worse. Like, they're not as good as, like, season one A text, you know? Where is the lasagna boxes? <laughs> so that's because it's not the Mona genius anymore. Oh, that's true, actually. Mona was just, like, had such a way with words, I feel like. Yeah. Because... You know, there's no lasagna box. There's no um, techno boy toy. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> oh, see you at the exactly. barbecue or yeah. and now I'll make it come crashing down. Like, yeah. okay. I miss Mona as A. Um, so that night, Emily is very vocal about not being able to sleep. She's like huffing and puffing all, out, all throughout her bed. So she gets up. She grabs a key that was just sitting out in the open on her desk. So while she's um, at the stairs listening to what her parents are discussing about their money problems and that bam the car smashes into their house and it's so funny because it's like pam basically gets knocked down by the force of this car and sent across the room right and emily comes down helps her up whatever but we start the next episode with emily's like scene with pam being on the phone in the motel for the insurance company being like my daughter could have been in that room like you were in that room (laughs) (laughs) you were in the room. So we discussed the fact that this car smashed into their living room, the lights are still on, the horn is blaring, and no one goes to open the front door to see who was driving. They yeah, just of course. Run she away just from picks the- up her mum and runs away from the damage. That makes sense. Why would you care about the driver when your mum got knocked over with a car? Okay, fine. But the horn is blaring. Are you telling me that none of the neighbours took a look out? They probably did after the fact. It cut off immediately after they left the room. Plus, you know, A just runs off the screen. <laughs> Wouldn't Emily and her mum, like, inquire as to why this horn is still blaring? Like, is someone, no. like, knocked out dead, just head hanging Sadie, on the horn? if a car came crashing into your house, your first instinct is not going to be to look into the driver's seat. It's to get away from the car. But the car has already stopped. Okay, but they are traumatized. Okay, the car stopped three seconds ago. They're in the process of leaving the room and you're wondering why they're not looking in the driver's seat because there's a horn. Guys, can I tell you, can I tell you something? You're being um, Detective Haleb right now. <laughs> Good. <laughs> it just makes no sense to me. I propose a poll. I want to know what other people would do in this situation. Like, I think I kind of agree with Sadie because Emily knows from the text that that was A. So you'd think that once she knew her mum was okay, you'd think she'd try to look at who who it was. Okay, but what I'm saying is that she didn't get enough time to see if her mum was okay. She pulled her out of the room and that was the end of the episode. We don't know what happened A's going to run away on foot. So she's, they should be still around somewhere. But her mum nearly died. I feel like a car has come into your living room. You've pulled your mum off the ground. You're running down the hallway to get her out of the, like, the falling, like, I don't know, debris, whatever you want to call it. It's not going to be your first priority to run back in and stare into a car. It should be. It should be. It should be. be. (laughs) Um, The end scene with A is hilarious. So you see A, a glove figure in a hardware store, buying a book for home. Called Home Repair for Morons, a $50 uh, gift card made out to Emily Fields, and a roll of and duct tape. And some duct tape, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At least A is considerate. Yeah. yeah. But $50 ain't going to help much. Not that considerate. It's better than having not $50. I guess so. <laughs> and the duct tape was included. <laughs> <laughs> Good and the value of education? $50. Yeah. 
exactly. Plus, I don't know what the problem is because in this second episode we found out that, like, no, we actually knew this before, but we get reminded that Emily used to build houses in Haiti. Just fix your own house. Like, it's not that hard. <laughs> she was apparently a guru with a power drill. Just do it again. Yeah, also, exactly. you have a best friend whose boyfriend is a literal contractor. Like, it's yeah. his job to fix things. Yeah, but also he's in New York right now chasing down a phone number, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the next episode, it's the morning after. Um, we find out that the driver has run away from the crash. The car's been stolen. They've got no clues and can't find out who it was. Um, on the other side, they've got to be dealing with all the insurance agents. Um, at the minute, though, most of them are living in a motel. Emily's like, like I just want to help you. And Pam's like, you can help me by giving a shit about your education. Go to your, like, college counselling meeting. And it's Ezra who is college counselling her. He basically asked. And he's, like, the only reasonable adult in the world right now. Because he's like, saying hey. Something. I know. Because he's like, you know, with everything that's been going on with you girls lately, I'm wondering if, like, history is repeating itself. Is someone trying to hurt you? She's just like, nah, mate, don't worry. I just need to get into college. And he's like, okay. <laughs> but also Wayne kind of realized that something might be happening again like a few episodes ago and then just dropped it yeah then he went back to Texas yeah he was like oh I think things are happening again Emily's like no runs out of the house and then he never mentions it again so Emily's working with Fitz to apply to colleges and he gives her a very needed reminder of how impressive she is and uh, tells her to reach out for to her contacts at Habitats for Humanity to ask for a recommendation letter. So she does. And I've never seen service this fast. She asks for a recommendation letter. And the lady just pops up into Rosewood. She's like, <laughs> oh, I was in the area anyway. Let's have a coffee. They take recommendations uh, real serious. Yeah, they do. And when they're at the brew having this meeting, she just like sits there and she's like, you were a superstar and shows Emily model photos of herself. <laughs> like yeah. just with the power <laughs> drill looking beautiful. <laughs> yeah. She was very photogenic though. Yeah, that's what she says. Yeah. What's even funnier is um, 10 seconds after this and how they're like um, talking about how glorious Emily is, her mum pops in. And she's all like, can you please bring us to the police station because I've got to go deal with the um, insurance people, blah, blah, blah. And Also, I don't want to face them, basically. Zoe, who built houses for a living, hears that Emily's house has been demolished, basically. So you can tell, like, this lady's going to help them somehow. Like, they've set it up so nicely. It's going to be like next episode. I bet you guys anything you want. Next episode is going to be like, oh, her house is miraculously fixed because she's such a lovely person and Habitats for Humanity wanted to help her. Habitats for Humanity take on <laughs> um, suburban America. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, while she's meeting with Zoe, she also invites her to Nicaragua um, so that they can build houses there for the summer. So she gives her the papers and asks Emily if she wants to join. And Emily, uh, Emily is like, Gemily. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, yeah, of course I want it. So she takes the papers from her, goes to see her mum back at the motel. <laughs> and as she's telling her mum about what's happened, like I gave the papers to the police, everyone was asking after you, blah, blah, blah. Oh, by the way, I'm going to Nicaragua for three months to build houses with Habitats for Humanity. And her mom just starts, like, bursting into tears. Her mom's like, that's good, sweetie. <laughs> yeah. Like, to be fair, this woman has been through the freaking mill. Like, I get that uh, Ash is in jail for a murder she didn't commit, but this lady's got it tough, too. I'm not saying as tough as, you know, false murder charges, but she, she's... Trying to deal with Emily by herself. Her daughter's injured, can't apply to college, can't afford colleges. The house that they were living in gets crashed into by a car and she loses her job. All on top of each other. Can I just say, though, all of the problems that these girls are having with their parents and stuff like that, A, isn't the problem they literally are. The reason she's having money problems is because Emily stole a key that she shouldn't have. The reason Hannah's mum is in jail is because she tried to play detective and bury a gun. Yeah, like they need to stop helping people. They're really a hindrance at this point. So Pam breaks down and um, sort of Emily goes to comfort her but doesn't really know what to do, I guess. She hugs her and she's like, I'll fix you something to eat, Mom. You want some sandwiches? Let's get some sausage, King. 
<laughs> and I will celebrate. <laughs> this reminds me of when Suna was like, I'm going to take you to a nice lunch. <laughs> <laughs> so Minnie worse is the story for while it's relevant. Um, one time Suna was dropping me off to the airport in Sydney and it's, if anyone's ever been to Sydney airport, it's insane, right? It's crazy busy. It's massive. And if you want to park there for more than 10 minutes, you need like a third mortgage on your house. Yeah. So Suna so was like, we're not going to like hang out at the airport. We're here early enough for your flight, but we're not going to hang out at the airport. I'm going to take you out for a nice lunch before your flight. And I'm like, oh, cute. That sounds nice. And so we pull up to Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> but girl, did I spoil you? How many you things really did you eat? <laughs> I ate so many things. We had like a three-course meal. <laughs> and this Ikea had like two food courts and we ate at both of them and we sat at diff- on different things while we ate. It was glorious. <laughs> even had dessert like I realized how good um the vanilla cones are at Ikea yeah okay but did you guys chuck it down and get there like five hours earlier yeah that's exactly why we were wasting it at Ikea and not at the airport because we got there so early so we literally just like lived in this Ikea for like five hours (laughs) just eating different things sitting in different rooms (laughs) (laughs) and how fun was it though I feel like time flew I know it went really quick it was great. And also um, on the way to the airport, we were like, oh, since we're so early, we'll stop at like a Kmart as well. And I got so excited. I bought like a bunch of like handbags and clothes and stuff and I gave them to Snow. I was like, put this on my bed for when I get back from my trip. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a nice lunch. <laughs> it was a nice lunch. Um, next time you're up here, I'll take you to a nice lunch. <laughs> Sounds good. I look forward to it. <laughs> Yeah, it was excellent. It was great. And also, um, might be controversial, but I think the IKEA vanilla cones is the best of like the fast food like vanilla cones that you can get, including like Maccas and Hungry Jacks and stuff. Mm, I'll have to try them all again to check. Yeah, we have to go on a, a day trip where we go to all of them having ice cream cones. I think so. But do you remember that time we went to Hungry Jacks and there was a new person? making our ice cream cones and they were meant to do like two and a half swirls yes. but then he made one massive one and she was like now you have to make the other one match <laughs> literally made like five swirls i know the and- cones were as big as our heads <laughs> and yeah his manager came over and was like oh no that's not how you do it but now they have to match <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was so good oh. actually okay last one and then we can get back to hannah but um, the best ice cream story we have is when we went to go get ice cream from Hungry Jack's in the middle of the night and their FPOS machine broke and the guy was like, just take them. I know. But it also this all happened in the span of while my husband was in the shower. I know. <laughs> he got out of the shower and I was like, I got ice cream and they were free. And he's like, what? Yeah, because in the time that it took her husband to hop in the shower, we like left the house, we drove like 10 minutes, went and got ice cream that was free, came back just as he was coming out of the shower and I was already eating mine. <laughs> I, I would call that a best sister story. That is a best yeah. sister story. It was pretty good. Why do we have so many ice cream stories? <laughs> I don't know, I'm so I don't know but I'm getting a little jealous. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the last storyline. So Hannah's mum is still in prison, just like Hoover is still dead. Yeah. yeah. We find out because the girls have been, like, in her house that she's, like, really depressed. She's not eating. And then we pan over to Hannah, who's on the phone with Caleb, and she's asking him to not do anything. And he's like, I would never. Yeah. And then when we take a look at what Caleb's actually doing, he's hiding out with um, Toby in Toby's house and they've got some cool music playing and some post-its and they're about to solve who A is. They've got like a full-on murder board and their like clue that he's putting on there, their question, their burning question is where is A? They have to put that on the board. (laughs) They might forget. They might forget, yeah. They might forget this. Don't do anything stupid. He's like, don't worry, I won't. I'm putting a note down. This is what I said. You can't just leave Caleb alone because he will cowboy things. He will. Well, he's not alone. He's joined forces with Toby. Suna yeah. said that she had a um a note about that music that I liked. Yeah, so Sadie said she liked the music that was playing in the background of the scene that Hannah's on the phone to Caleb. And fun fact, do you guys know who sings that song? I don't even know what no. the song is. <laughs> okay, well, the song is called It All Comes Down to You. 
get you get Caleb? one guess each. Is it Caleb? It is Caleb. Caleb sings that oh. song. Oh, really? Oh. So I discovered today that Caleb is also a musician, and um, that is one of his songs. You know what? He oh. does look musical. He does look musical. He does look like a musician. Now that I like picture him with like a guitar, I feel like I could fall in love with him. Yeah. I would say that I never would have guessed that except I did guess it. So (laughs) I never would have guessed it on purpose. (laughs) Probably if I didn't ask a million times, guess who it was? Guess who it was? So we've got the Toby and Caleb Alliance happening and things are happening. Caleb, that's right. Or Kobe. I like Kobe. Kobe mm. or Caleb? Guys, vote. <laughs> I think um the internet calls them Caleb. 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 Fine. Yeah, we'll Caleb. go with Caleb. But I also like um, Kobe. Let's I like use Kobe. That. Yeah, I like Kobe too. Okay, so Kobe Alliance formed. Um, Hannah goes to see her mum in the prison and she basically lies to her. She's like, oh, dad's moved in with me. Everything's okay. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, where um, is her dad? Do we know that what she's saying isn't true? Maybe it is, but we just don't see him. But then we see, but then we see her paying bills via forging yeah. checks. Exactly. So this is the thing. Hannah's also paying bills by like writing her mum's signature, and she's like, "And how do you think um, I've been getting out of school? Like I've been writing myself notes." And my question is, is she writing notes pretending she's Ashley being like Ashley's in prison? Thanks, Ashley. Like, <laughs> I think she meant more long term, right? Like, not just specifically right now. No, because she says, "How do you think I've been missing school all week?" Yeah, oh, yeah. You didn't she... watch the episodes, bro. But then also later on in these episodes, she does tell Spencer that she's gonna go see her dad. So it looks like her dad, like, literally up and left back to where he lives. How do you just leave your daughter alone when her <laughs> mum's in do. jail? <laughs> You just do. And the last thing she said to you was, take care of Hannah. And you're like, bye. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, she goes and visits her mum. She's lying to her about her dad. Um, Meanwhile, team Kobe slash Caleb. um, Yeah. uh, One's hacking and one's staring at the murder board. So Caleb's hacking. Toby's staring at the murder board. And they're going to crack this case. they switch. Yeah, and then they switch. They're like, okay, you know what? I'm tired of staring at this. We need to switch. And luckily they did because Toby <laughs> managed to hack some records and he's like, um, I think I figured out how um, the flight path for the plane that was here that night, it, um, the night in Thornhill where the cabin got burnt down. So lucky Toby hacked it and Caleb was staring. Um, and then they decide they're going to go to the flight centre where it says that they like flew off from basically. Yeah. They all, they already have a um a background story ready. Apparently, yeah. um Toby made a kitchen and isn't able to get the money from the guy. Like he's been stiffed on the kitchen, so they bribe the guy at the counter and they're sort of like, "Oh, let us know what um where <laughs> this went to, whatever." So the guy gives them the information that they want, and they and they let it slip that they're looking for a girl. Like they're talking about literally all of their plans in front of this guy, right? Yeah, like nothing. But can is I just secret. say? Before that even happens, they're like, the guy's like, oh, yeah, cool, I'll check for you. It was this guy named John Smith. And Caleb's like, yeah, and I'm Pocahontas. <laughs> like, it was in so these good. two episodes, in these episodes, these two are like the comedy heroes of, of the, the entire thing. I know, but not intentionally. That's the sad yeah. thing. <laughs> All right, so uh, – so while like while they're so there, so they're bribing Pocahontas, Pocahontas. <laughs> so like they're bribing this guy, they're trying to get this information and revealing all their secrets all at the same time. Yeah, of course. Right, and um, they they sort of make friends with this guy. I guess I don't know. They trust him for some reason. Um, he let slip that um, it was foggy that night. Maybe you know the person changed flight plans or whatever. He gives them the information they're looking for and they leave. Um, but I was going to say something else and I can't remember it, what it was. His name was Nigel Wright. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah so his so name was also Nigel... Nigel Wright for FYI reasons. <laughs> Unrelated. <laughs> don't worry about it. But his name was Nigel Wright. So now we go back to Toby and and Caleb. They're back at Toby's Tocahontas, and... yes. <laughs> Tocahontas. They're... <laughs> 
he's sitting there playing with a lighter that was found near him when he woke up from the night of the fire. And um, he's upset. It's like, how could Nigel know that there was fog that night? And then they have an epiphany. He tosses a lighter to um, Caleb. And they have a, like, together, their two brain cells combined. <laughs> <laughs> notice that the NW of the compass that's on this lighter is bigger than everything else and it could mean northwest or it could mean Nigel Wright so they take exactly. this lighter and hightail it out of there to confront this guy but can I just say this whole scene just looked like it was straight out of like you know a, a noir film or something he's like throwing him a lighter he's like look at this lighter see <laughs> it's just like so dramatic <laughs> It, just it was, it was a eureka moment. It was a eureka moment, that's for sure. You could see the brain cells working sure. with those two. <laughs> anyway, so they go back to find um, Nigel. Nigel and, Wright or Northwest, we don't and, know. <laughs> Taylor goes up to Nigel Wright and they're trying to be very intimidating and they're like, so, Nigel, um, do you want to tell us what this is? And it's like the lighter. And he's like, I don't smoke. And he's like, there's many uses for a lighter, Nigel. And as he's, like, walking up on him, Toby is, like, hold it, holding it up and he, like, lights the lighter and he's, like, holding it over a trash can that has papers in it. Like, he's threatening to burn his papers. <laughs> he's just, yeah. like, staring at him with this, like, oh, I'm about to put your lighter in the bin of papers. <laughs> <laughs> Menacing. Menacing. And um, the guy kind of says, like, Look, I don't know what's going on. I just had to, I had to fake a flight plan. Someone hired me to fake a flight plan. And I just gave it to you and I got greedy and I took the bribe. But don't worry, I'll just give you your money back. I just I need this job, please. And he's like, mm. who bribed you? And he's like, I don't know, Drake something, I think CC. And then he runs away. And Caleb jumps the counter like in one swift motion and tries to run after him. But he flips like a whole bureau of files down and just exits through the back. Toby's ready to punch his way through this filing cabinet when um, <laughs> Caleb is like, no, brother, don't do it. <laughs> like, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine because I swipe the man's phone anyway when I jump the counter. <laughs> yeah. um, and they're like, okay, that's fine. He was never going to tell us the full story anyway. Yeshay. And then they go back. Yeah. Um, and they start looking at all the call logs with Spencer. And Spencer says, oh, well, you know, Cece said she was afraid of Wilden, so maybe she killed Wilden. Like, she's just extrapolating now because someone mentioned Cece Drake. Basically, Toby says, we were talking about what Dr. Palmer said about staying away from the blonde girl. What if the blonde girl was actually Cece Drake? Because you saw her ID card in there when you were at Radley. That's sort of the end of the Taleb scenes. But the end scene for this episode is actually Nigel is preparing like a little cup of tea and he's like, oh, the guy with the long hair, I think his name was Caleb. He took my phone. Like, I'm so sorry I messed up, babe. And then he, like, hands the, puts the tea down. And on the table where he puts the tea, there are sunglasses and, like, a walking stick. Like, a blind oh, person's no, walking didn't. stick. Yes. Yes. Yes, he did. So Dang. this leads us to believe it's Jenna, mm. who we haven't seen in, like, forever. I thought she was, like, dead. Yeah. <laughs> So we start the next episode off with, um, you know, all the girls are sitting together and they're waiting for Veronica to come home with Ashley. So they're at their, um, like, bail hearing, basically. The judge is going to yeah. set bail. Um, Veronica's going to pay it and get her home. But Veronica yeah. comes home alone. But worst of all, um, Hannah's mum is being transferred to a different prison, like somewhere, I don't know where, somewhere far away. And Hannah immediately blames Veronica about this and she's like, you know, you promised you were going to get her out and storms off on, into Spencer's room. Mm. Yeah, it's like she really lashes out. But she had yeah, no she right does. to. And then the girls kind of go up to comfort her and they're like, you know, just, there's going to be an appeal. Don't worry. Like, it's going to be fine. And Hannah's like, don't worry about me. I'm not going to go to school. You guys go. I need to go talk to my dad, basically. Mm. And yeah, but you can tell from this point that she's going to be an idiot. Yeah, of course. Yes. <laughs> Later on, we see that Ashley's calling like Hannah just to say, like, I'm assuming Veronica told you everything that happened. And she's like, yeah. And she's like, okay, well, Veronica's going to bring you by the prison tomorrow so I can see you. Um, we're not going to say goodbye. I'm just, just so I can see you. Okay. And she's like, yeah, of course, mom, no worries. But then Hannah gets off the phone and walks into the kitchen and Mona is sitting there. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and looking as amazing as ever. I always love 
Janelle Paris literally constantly. She can do no wrong in my eyes. Um, basically, we find out that Hannah's decided she is going to confess to Wilden's murder. And yeah, Mo- makes sense. And Mona's going to help her. And she's like, why would I help you? And she's like, because this is the biggest lie I'm ev- I've ever told. And you're the only person I know who knows how to live a lie. So you're going to help me. Yeah, she's yeah. all like, we can tell lies, but you live a lie. Yeah, exactly. And then this like starts like an ongoing long ep- episode long s- series of a lying montage where Hannah uh, Mona is like training her like Rocky to lie. <laughs> <laughs> she just keeps yeah. like she's like you can't just keep saying that you did it. You have to talk about how you did it, what your motive was, and you know her motive is that you know Wilden was threatening her, and the you reason- shot him twice. You shot him twice, and I think he got Ali pregnant, and that he killed her. That's why I, why he was after us because we knew the truth. Um, mm. And you wore your mum's heels that night, and then you threw them out, and all this stuff. Like Mona's training her how to lie, literally Rocky style. It's excellent. Yeah, and then when they were done, when Rocky got to the top of the stairs, she's all like, "Now you go <laughs> in there and you tell them the truth." Yeah, exactly. Um, but before that even happens. Um, Caleb's on his vigilante shit again and he goes to see Ashley <laughs> and Ashley just says like I'm really worried about Hannah because um you know what she's going to do if I end up in prison prison not just jail um and she's like to Caleb so I know my daughter and she's about to go do something dumb so can you make sure she doesn't yeah she listens to you. So when Caleb goes to the house, he sees some of the rocky training. He sees Mona training Hannah to lie and take like her, the blame for her mum. And he's like, what the hell is going on? What's Mona doing here? And Hannah's like, oh, my God, Caleb, like, butt out of this. It's none of your business. I didn't call you back for a reason. Like, and Mona's like, I'm just here because of my calming presence, okay? Like, don't worry about it. Once the lying montage is done, like we said, um, Hannah's getting herself prettied up to go confess to a murder so she's like applying her lip gloss and you know fixing her hair putting on her best dress you know and Caleb emerges from the shadows risen from the flames and the ashes <laughs> and he's like okay you're dumb as shit if you think that a um you can pull this off and b that I'm gonna let you <laughs> um and she's kind of like I just need to do it and it will be fine like you know um I'll be okay in prison and Caleb's like Prison for children is still prison, Hannah. Like, I don't know. It was just like a weird scene. Like, she's like trying to convince her boyfriend to let her go confess to a murder she didn't do. Yeah. But while this is happening, we see a pair of cute little heels walking down the police precinct. And then we pan out to Mona's face saying she wants to talk to a detective about a murder. And suddenly they all get a call from Spencer, who's heard from her mum firsthand that... Mona's just confessed to killing Wilden. Dun, dun, dun. Plot twist, Hannah accidentally trained Mona. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, dun, 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 indeed. So we sit, they all go down to the police precinct, like Veronica, all of the girls, everyone's going down there just as um, Mona's being put into an interrogation room and they're closing the blinds and, like, Mona just, like, smirks at Hannah. Um but yes, so that's what's happening. That's where we leave off the Hannah timeline. But we do have a weird A scene. Sadie, do you want to talk about it? A has got a drill and it's drilling and they're drilling into a ceiling. And once they've got one hole down, all you see is like light shining through this little hole. And then they drill another one. Is it a ceiling or a floor? Because it looks like they're underground and drilling into hardwood floors. So we kind of pan out a little bit. It looks like it's the floor for somewhere, but I don't know where. It could be um, Emily's room. I don't know. There was a dr- there was a hole being drilled in an upward angle. Yeah, and that's then once it the was hole upward angle, but it's hard to tell what it was. Yeah, I assumed it was Emily's house because they're not gonna, you know, go and crash a car into the house and then not take the opportunity to do something to it. I guess. That's a good point. I couldn't make out what it was. I couldn't make out what it was. This is all just guesswork. I'm turning you into love Toby. Guesswork. I do. I'm pole vaulting to conclusions. Now the guys swap. One of the the other one does the guess. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go steal the murder board now. You hack. Um, but uh, those are the episodes. 
thank you guys so much for doing that. And apologies for being the worst sister of them all this week. Um, What's the Lord of the Rings quote? One sister to rule them all. <laughs> One sister to bind them. Yeah. <laughs> um, do either of you have a worst sister story? I think yeah. this week we're all the worst sisters because nothing in our life has gone right this week for any of us. And it's only it's so Wednesday. True. It is true. But it is our very worst sister's um, birthday Eve tonight. Yay, happy birthday Eve. Happy birthday Eve <laughs> to Suna. Thank you. Happy, happy um, birthday from all of us to you. We're glad you had a birthday so we could party too. I'm trying to think of what the Madagascar one was. Happy birthday to you. You live in a zoo. <laughs> you smell like a monkey and you look like one too. <laughs> uh, do you want me to tell you the version that my kids sing? Yeah. Sure. All right. Happy birthday to you. Nobody likes you. You look like an animal. Go back to the zoo. Rude. Why do I feel like you guys are wishing me a happy birthday but like hating on me? <laughs> 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 we didn't write these songs. It's what they are. But it is yeah, what it you is. You are singing them one by one. Yeah. <laughs> what other heinous things can we say tonight? Because <laughs> we can say it tonight, but we can't say it tomorrow. Yeah, we can't say it on your actual birthday. We can only be mean to you on your birthday eve. And, ev- and every other day of the year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Also, also, I would like to celebrate this moment with one of my favourite Sunak quotes of all time. Are you guys ready for this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Calories don't count on your birthday. It's true. They, they don't. don't. It's true. They don't. My yeah. favorite sonar wisdom that I would like to share as my worst sister story for this week, because I think our worst sister stories for this week should be in honor of Suna, is when Suna told me to, not told me to, told me, when God smiles upon you, don't spit in his face. <laughs> yeah. Good words of wisdom. I- I want to know the context. What were you whinging about? I don't remember. It was something dumb. But I got yeah, something I good out either. of it. That's the thing. It was so unmemorable. But the quote itself was memorable. It, like, I, this sticks with me all the time. I think about it all the time. Non-ironically. It's actually really good advice. <laughs> she does have good advice. And she doesn't remember it half the time. Like okay. I, I'll be telling her. I'll be telling her like, oh, you told me this like years ago. She'll be like, oh, did I? Sounds like something I would say. I know. <laughs> There's just too much wisdom. I don't have enough space to store it. Okay, Sadie, what's your favourite Sunnah story? I don't Guys, know. this is so embarrassing. I feel like I'm at my own funeral. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you have to know what we're, we're going to say. Assuming you outlive us. <laughs> Assuming you outlive me. <laughs> <laughs> my favourite Sunnah story. There's, there's like, I'm drawing a blank right now, but the only I thing know, that's coming it, to my mind is that, um, like, every time it used to be her birthday when we were kids, I'd make it about me, like, I'd chuck an aria, and if yeah. no so one pays me any attention, Even I'd the story told. you're telling is not about Suna. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was insanely jealous that it was her birthday all the time, and I ruined it for her all the freaking time. And then it was a cake well, incident. Yeah, well, if you if it makes you feel any better... I was jealous of your birthday on your first birthday because, um, like, on Sadie's first birthday, I was five years old and I didn't understand the concept, I guess, that – so in the calendar year, Sadie's birthday is before mine and I got real mad at that because I was like, but I was born first. How could it be your <laughs> birthday? <laughs> like, I, was, I remember being real mad about that. Well, your madness came – pretty well because now Artem's birthday is before mine I know I know (laughs) (laughs) that's actually so funny that was my revenge so my favorite Suna story is um when so fun thing about me and Suna is we both are obsessed with the movie The Nightmare Before Christmas it's like one of both of our favorites and we try like to not watch it all the time so we limit ourselves to watching it at Christmas or Halloween so we don't get sick of it and ruin it for or ourselves. Christmas and Halloween. Christmas and Halloween, you know, twice a year max. Um, yeah. Because we don't want to ruin it for ourselves by, by overwatching it because we do that all the time. And me and Snow were so excited. We were like, okay, we're going to watch this in Halloween. And the whole month of October, we're singing the songs. We're like, this is Halloween every two seconds. <laughs> like unprompted. 
And I don't know what we did that day, but the day we went to watch it on Halloween, it was we were so tired. We were so exhausted. Um, but we're like, no, we have to watch it. We've been waiting for this for a month. Like, we have to watch the movie, right? So we put on the movie and, like, not even 10 minutes in, both of us have fallen asleep <laughs> to the movie. And we, I wake up to the end credits before Suna and I look over and she's sleeping on her phone, like, with her phone pressed into her cheek. So I go to wake her up and when she comes up, she's got like a full phone imprint on her face. How tired were you guys? We were so tired. I don't know what happened. We had a nap for the whole length of the movie. I know. We really did. And we had even like kicked out her husband, but we're like, you know, you go to the other room, don't bother us. This is our time. We're going to watch this movie. Yeah. Nothing ever goes to plan. No. Um, I remember when we were kids, like, obviously Suna's five years older than I am. And as she's growing up, I used to be, like, um, jealous of the things that she was able to do and, like, the the items that she had, mostly. Um, But I remember one year, it was around her birthday again, and someone had given her, like, gifted her, like, all these things a, I don't know, 15, 16-year-old girl would get, like, perfumes, creams, like, um... You know, just stuff, right? Girly like personal, things. yeah, girly things. And I, I was like so upset because I wanted some. I'm like ten, by the way, at this point, and I'm like, and um, I didn't get any. So she used to, she used to, um, she noticed my upsetness, and she used to call me to her room so we could do sunnery stuff, which was you yeah, know, oh my facials. God, that's so cute. Yeah. I used to do sunnery stuff with her as well, actually, now that you've mentioned it. That's, like, unlocked you- a core memory for me. Yeah, it's called sunnery stuff. It is sunnery stuff. I have such a distinct memory of Suna calling me into the bathroom, like, past my bedtime one night because I wanted to stay up and hang out with her. But mum sent me to bed anyway and she called me. She, like, came into my room and whispered to meet her in the bathroom and I did and she put, like, a face mask on me and it was the nicest thing ever. <laughs> Well, you guys are welcome to come over for scenery stuff anytime. Yeah, those um, are our um, stories that we've told in honour of Suna's birthday, Eve. Yeah. Well, we have to keep this tradition going, so we better <laughs> think of Sadie's um, stories for others. Okay, well, thank you guys for joining us in this episode. Um, join us again next week for Desperate Housewives, and then we'll be back again with Shadewood in no time at all. Um, if you want to say anything to us, um, if you want to tell us what your what was the thing that we were asking people this time around? Kobe or Taleb? Oh, yeah, Kobe or Taleb. I yeah. still stand behind the poll of what would you do in a situation that a, <laughs> that a car crashed into your house? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Would you go and look to see who was driving? Or would you be more worried about your almost dead mother that got hit by a car? She was fine. She didn't even need to go to hospital. You don't know yeah. that. <laughs> Not a scratch on her, bro. Tell us your opinions, guys. You can reach us on our socials. We're at Sister Worst on Twitter slash X, whatever you're calling it these days. And we're at Worst Sister Shire on everything else. So that's Facebook, Reddit, Instagram, and TikTok. Um, I'll count us out. Yep. All right. One, two, three. Had the bum.